You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Welcome back to the DNB Supply Show, everybody. Great to have you back. Today, we've got a repeat guest on. Dr. Stephen Duran from Performance Horse Nutrition here in Idaho is going to be back on, and we're going to talk about horse nutrition again, but this time with an emphasis on feeding your horses and maintaining their body condition at an optimal rate here in the winter. And in the winters we have in southwest Idaho as well as eastern Oregon, you know, sometimes it can be a warm winter and that changes our feed requirements. And other times it can be downright cold just like last winter and that changes our feed requirements. So there's so many great tips and suggestions from Dr. Dern today. I just can't wait to get you into this interview. And I hope that you pick up something that'll be really helpful, not just to you, but also to your horses this winter. Enjoy the interview, everybody. Joining me again today is Dr. Stephen Duran. He's an equine nutritionist and the owner of Performance Horse Nutrition and agreed to come back on the show and talk to us about the nutritional requirements of horses as we get into fall and then later into winter. So, Dr. Duran, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for coming back on. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, you bet. I look forward to the conversation, and I know the first time we spoke, we provided a lot of really good information to our listeners about the nutrition of their horses, but of course, that's cyclical or seasonal, in it, and it goes with the seasons, and so I think it's important to address it again. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Uh, as the weather changes and we go from summer to fall and then ultimately to winter, the weather changes, and that begins to change a lot of things for horses. Well, as, as we talk about this today and we talk about the different nutrition nutritional requirements for horses. Can you kind of break down the categories of horses we'll be talking about? Of course. Typically, we have a number of different types of horses. And by different types, we're not necessarily meaning breeds of horses, but by types, we're meaning different physiologic functions. In other words, they're doing different things. So we would have the performance horses. Those are horses that are are actively ridden or being trained in, in some sort of discipline. We have the maintenance horses. Those are the horses that ultimately are supposed to be ridden, but due to time constraints or weather constraints, they may not get daily forced exercise of riding or driving or or some sort of forced activity. Then we have the group of reproductively active horses, and those are typically mares. At this particular time, those mares would begin to enter late pregnancy, the last trimester of pregnancy. So those mares would be carrying a full inside, which they would have to provide the nutrition to that developing fetus. You'd have breeding stallions. They wouldn't be active this time of year, so they'd be more like the the maintenance horses. We would have young growing horses. We would have foals of 2017, which would be weanlings going into their first part of their yearling year. So those would be horses that are still actively growing. That would carry over to other young horses, uh, yearlings that are coming two-year-olds. They're still growing as well. So we'd have the, the category of growing horses. And then finally, the the last category we have, and maybe one of the largest categories, would be our aged horses or senior-type horses, those horses that may not be actively ridden that are of age of 20 years plus uh, that would have special needs due to their age and their physiologic function. Well, there's a lot to break down there and a lot to talk about for the requirements of each. I guess to start it off, I wanted to ask... 
during the winter when we get the really cold temperatures and people are not nearly as active on their horses are we feeding primarily to keep the horse warm and to maintain the weight that they have or do we have other purposes during that season as well well, first of all, the, the main goal certainly is to provide enough calories to the horse, uh, calories to the horse so that it can maintain its weight, and then those calories also help keep that horse warm. So that becomes our primary focus. And as we move from summer to fall and then ultimately to winter, the primary energy source of that horse changes. In the, the summer months, a lot of those horses have access to pasture. But as as the season changes, it becomes fall and then ultimately winter, the grass becomes limited and then ultimately dormant or non-existent. So those horses would change to a stored forage, such as a baled hay, a hay pellet, or hay cube to meet those energy requirements. So... Uh, I, I guess with that in mind, as we're approaching winter and we're approaching those cold temperatures, we're approaching the dormancy of pasture grass and moving to those stored forages, should we be trying to put weight on the horse before that time period hits, kind of in preparation for the winter months? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It's it's far easier to get a horse, maybe one that got a little thin over the summer because of heavy riding or activity. It's absolutely better to try to catch that horse up and put a little weight on prior to the cold weather than try to increase the feed so drastically once you get cold weather to make up that difference. So in other words, it's it's much easier to put that weight gain on when the weather is still warm as opposed to waiting till cold weather to try to catch that horse up got it and do we kind of want to get them ahead like i don't want to use the word overweight but do we want to get them to where they've got some weight to lose and still be in good condition over the winter no, we don't want to get them to the point where they we expect them to lose weight over the winter. What we want to do is we want to get them caught up so that they're at an ideal weight going into winter, and then we can maintain that weight through the winter. We don't want to get into a situation where we feed them too aggressively that we actually deposit fat and then count on them losing fat in the winter. Because, for instance, if we get a very mild winter or non-harsh winter, those horses don't lose the weight and then you head into spring or or when you have lush grass with a horse that's already overweight and then the problem gets worse so we don't want to ever feed a horse to put extra condition on we just want to feed to that ideal body condition okay so that makes a lot of sense if you if you were to put extra body condition off you were to put fat on then that's done there's nothing you can do about that and whatever variables come up during the winter you don't have a lot of control but if you've got them to the appropriate weight and you've got a severe winter you can adjust your feed ration for that if you've got a really mild winter then you can adjust your feed ration for that am i understanding that correctly and that's absolutely correct and I hesitate to compare horses and and humans, but there are some common analogies. If you, as a human, in the winter you decrease your activity and you eat more than you should, it's very common to head into the spring part of the the year and say, ooh, I better lose a little bit of this winter weight that I put on. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to get horses in that situation of having to lose weight to get back to an appropriate body condition. 
Got it. Okay, yeah, I know nothing about that. That's the first time I've ever heard of having to lose some winter weight. But, but okay, I'll tell you what, let's take our first break, and when we come back, uh, let's talk about how we transition into our winter feeding schedule. Okay. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B Supply. Your puppy needs the very best to grow up big and strong. That's why D&B stocks Science Diet Puppy Food for standard and large breed pups. Science Diet's got all the nutrition essential to keeping their little tails wagging and their teeth sharp while supporting their immune systems and controlling growth. And with the highest purity and quality standards, Science Diet gives you nothing but the good stuff. Choose Science Diet Puppy Blend for maximum puppy licks. Available at your favorite D&B supply. Well, Dr. Duran, let's talk about this transition from pasture over to stored forages, maybe to other things we're feeding. When we're making this change from summer, fall into winter, does this need to be done gradually? How, how do we make this change so it's not too big of a shock to the system of our horses? Well, that's exactly correct. Any dietary change that you make with a horse, you should make a gradual change. The nice thing about transitioning them from a summer to a fall and ultimately a winter diet is if you just do it as the season changes, that's a very gradual change. For example, right now we're starting to get some cooler weather. The pasture grass is not growing as aggressively. So beginning to offer them some long stem uh, forage in the form of hay or hay cubes or pellets, not at the full amount, but just to begin to supplement their diet so they're seeing a little bit of that long stem hay is a great transition period. And is there a particular type of hay that is best for the transition or best for feeding in the winter, alfalfa versus grass hay, or, or does that not make a big difference? It does make a big difference whether you choose to feed an alfalfa forage or, or a grass forage. That debate, alfalfa versus grass, is only had in the western United States. We are lucky enough to be able to grow very good quality alfalfa here as well as very good quality grass hay. Other parts of the world, uh, other parts of the nation, they don't feed alfalfa hay to horses. That is more of an expensive forage. It's reserved for production animals such as dairy cattle or beef cattle. But in the western United States, in, in Idaho and Oregon, certainly we have the ability to choose whether we want to feed an alfalfa or a grass forage. And they are different. The alfalfa forage contains more calories, more energy per pound compared to a grass hay. The alfalfa also contains more protein than a grass hay. So depending on the type of horse that you're feeding, you may want to feed an alfalfa forage or you may want to feed a grass forage just based on their nutrient requirements. And now I'm as I'm thinking forward to the winter and the fluctuation in temperature, obviously if we're seeing temperatures, if we hit a real cold snap and we're having highs, say in the teens or or something like that, lows dipping down to zero, near below zero, you know, just to take that as an example, I would assume you don't want to wait until you start to see a body condition change of the horse to adjust your feed ration. 
is that correct? Would you want to make that adjustment anticipating what's going on with the temperatures and not wait until you actually see evidence that uh, they're not receiving the right nutrition? That is absolutely correct. And so we feed horses typically anticipating what's going to happen, anticipating how much they're going to ride, anticipating uh, how cold the weather is and make those feeding adjustments in front of those changes Mm -hmm. is very helpful. So absolutely, you want to anticipate those changes. So for the very analytical person like myself who would love to have some sort of a bright line rule to be able to know what to do, and I realize this is probably unrealistic, but maybe there's a maybe there's a ballpark out there we can shoot for. If you set a baseline of the typical December low in uh, you know Eastern Oregon, southwestern Idaho is we'll say 17 degrees. I don't know what it is, but I'm just making up a hypothetical. If you were to set some sort of a benchmark and say we're going to feed this amount of hay based on the body condition of our horse and the average temperatures, then you see, say, the lows drop by 10 degrees for a period of two weeks, or the forecast is for that. Is there some sort of a ratio that you could follow in terms of, okay, temperatures are going to be dropping by this much, therefore we have to increase feed consumption by this much, or is there anything like that? Yes, there is. There are temperature versus feed consumption data to determine, all right, to put the additional calories in these horses to keep them warm, you need to feed this much additional feed. So absolutely those exist. The easier way to think of that, if you think of horses, first of all, what dietary ingredient keeps horses warm in the winter? It's the forage or the hay component that keeps horses warm. Feeding additional grain The way that would keep a horse warm is that grain would have to be digested, it would have to be absorbed, stored in the muscle as muscle glycogen or muscle sugar, and then the horse stays warm by shivering. On the other hand, if you feed fiber in the form of of stored hay, hay pellets or hay cubes, those are fermented by bacteria in the digestive system. And that fermentation process actually produces body heat which keeps the horse warm. So first of all, keeping a horse warm in the winter is not feeding more grain. It's providing access to to fiber so that that can be fermented. So then back to your rule of thumb, if you provide in the coldest weather, if you provide horses with free access to hay, in other words, all the hay that they will clean up or not waste, Mm -hmm. those horses will naturally increase their consumption in an effort to stay warm. So you won't have to say, I'm going to feed an extra flake of hay because it's going to be 15 degrees. In other words, if you provide free access to hay and you just consciously say, all right, weather's going to get cold tonight, I'm going to give them a little extra hay. If that hay is cleaned up in the morning, give them more hay again. Okay. They will self-regulate to a degree. The other thing that needs to be pointed out is horses are comfortable at a lot cooler temperatures than humans. In other words, their thermal neutral zone or their sweet spot as far as temperature, horses like cooler weather as opposed to warmer weather. And anyone who owns a horse knows that when the weather's cool, horses feel good. So when we would say 15 degrees and we, we would say, oh, geez, we need to drastically increase the hay, 15 degrees isn't cold to a horse. 15 below is cold for a horse but not 15 degrees. So if we just go by the rule of providing forage 
as hay, hay cubes, hay pellets, and we provide that on a free choice basis. When it gets cold, they'll clean up more and just provide them more. Then we're pretty safe in what we do. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take another break. And when we come back, I want to ask you a follow-up question about kind of giving them full hay uh, when the temperatures dip like that. D&B knows that life in the West is defined by hard work, innovation, and constant improvement. These values made the West what it is today. And these are the values that have made Wrangler the defining Western brand since 1947. Wrangler apparel is designed to feel good in the saddle, look sharp at the rodeo, and work hard on the ranch. That's why Wrangler fits with classic Western hair like a boot in a stirrup for clothing that's a good value and steeped in western values stock up on wrangler at your favorite dnb supply know what looks good with a cowboy hat panhandle western apparel and rock and roll denim available at dnb supply over 70 years ago panhandle started putting snaps on their popular gambler style shirt and soon became a runaway hit with cowboys and cowgirls everywhere in the 21st century they formed rock and roll denim too with fashion forward looks and high class jeans that fit any style with designs both classic and fresh get decked out for life in the west with panhandle shirts and rock and roll denim at dnb all right, doctor. Well, now that we're back, I wanted to follow up on that. So we're trying to balance two things in this discussion, at least as I'm hearing it so far. And that is we don't want the horse to become overweight during the winter and have that extra weight to lose come spring. But on the other hand, if temperatures are going to get really cold as a way to make sure the horse has enough feed we're going to give it full feed so how do you balance that how do you balance that between the horse possibly overeating if you're giving it all the hay it wants and putting on extra pounds versus trying to manage its temperature and make sure it has enough for those really cold times of winter yeah, so the easiest way to do that is, is first of all, evaluate your horse in the summer and say, okay, I, I have this horse. He has a tendency to maintain his weight very easily. He's what we call an easy keeper. Or this is a horse that requires a lot of feed, and he's a big eater, and he requires all that to maintain his weight, a harder keeper. So first of all, if we make that kind of evaluation before we buy our winter supply of hay, that's helpful to know. Then what we try to do, if we have that easy keeping horse, the horse that gains weight very easily, we certainly want to keep him warm in the winter, but we don't want to provide him with a high calorie hay that will make him gain weight. We want a high fiber hay that will keep him warm to ferment, but we don't want it to have a lot of calories. So we would select a grass hay versus an alfalfa hay. If we were choosing between types of grass hay, we would choose a more mature grass hay, a a hay that got taller before it was harvested, which would have less calorie and more fiber content associated with it. Okay, so then going into the winter feeding season when you're purchasing your feed, if you know your horses, you know how easy or not it is for them to put on weight, maintain weight, you might need to buy a variety of feeds or hay four different circumstances, it sounds like. And it it doesn't have to be that complicated, but you can certainly make, based on the body condition and how easy it is to keep weight on your horse, Mm -hmm. you can certainly make a decision whether I'm going to feed alfalfa hay or the lower calorie grass hay. That's an easy decision to make. And then if you have a bunch of horses that tend to keep weight on very easily, then you can say, all right, I know that I need to feed a grass hay, 
Now I'm going to look for a more mature grass hay that doesn't have quite as many calories as some of our really nice grass hays. Mm -hmm. We certainly still want it to be free of dust and mold and all those sorts of things. But a more mature hay would contain less calories. Those heavier horses could eat it be completely content and then not gain as much weight. And now one of the categories of horses that you brought up earlier was the senior horse, 20 plus years old, might have a difficult time not losing weight over the winter. I've looked into this a little bit and read some things, but you know, you read things and you never know what really is good advice and what's not. One of the things I read about was adding things like corn oil to hay to keep weight on a horse over winter. What are your thoughts on on pieces of advice like that that you can find out there on the internet? Certainly senior horses can struggle in the winter keeping weight on. It's research documented that they're less tolerant to changes in temperature than younger horses. So just as I told you earlier, most horses are very comfortable when the weather gets cold. Mm -hmm. Senior horses become very uncomfortable in cold weather and also very uncomfortable in hot weather. So they're more sensitive to temperature changes. So a senior horse certainly would be one if you were invest in a good waterproof blanket or a good shelter, the senior horse would be absolute candidate to have that. Then as far as keeping weight on those senior horses, you need to remember that their dental function or their teeth become compromised as they age. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that they don't want to maintain that weight. It's that they're, they're oftentimes the teeth and the dental function is not as good and they can't chew hay properly to get it properly digested. So thus the creation of all the senior feeds where those feeds are actually chewed for the horse we grind them and pellet them, make it into a pellet. So that horse doesn't have to have dental function to be able to utilize those feeds. So the senior feeds where they have a lot of highly digestible fiber, they have oils already added to them, are great things to feed those aged horses as they go into winter as a good high quality diet that they're capable of chewing and digesting. And now how does this all change when we have a mare and she's got a foal uh, that's growing inside of her. Yeah. When we start talking about pregnant mares, you need to remember that most people don't go ahead and enter into a, a situation where they have a pregnant mare if they don't want the foal to turn out well. So if you want the foal to turn out well, you need to feed the mare properly during pregnancy. So those mares certainly would have all the same requirements for fiber and keeping warm that a performance horse would have or a maintenance horse would have. But then they have also the additional requirements that they are the nutrition source for that developing fetus. So those mares would absolutely have to certainly have the haze, but then they would also have to have either a fortified grain or a supplement to provide the nutrients necessary for that developing fetus. Well, let's take another break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about water. Travel back in time for an immersive and inspiring lesson in science, technology, engineering, and history at the Warhawk Air Museum in Nampa, Idaho. At the Warhawk, you and your family will find some of the most iconic classic planes found anywhere in the West and learn how American aviation technology evolved from propellers to jet engines. And while you're there, you'll come to know the personal stories of the veterans whose commitment and sacrifice helped make our nation what it is today. For passes and more information about visiting the Warhawk Museum, go to warhawkairmuseum.org. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark for hard-working and hard-playing people in the West and everywhere else for that 
matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking, made-in-the-USA Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop on by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size. All right, Dr. Durnwell, I want to ask you about water. So I'll start off just by asking you, do the water requirements for a horse change in winter, and how do we make sure we're getting them enough? The water requirement for any horse is based on how much water they're losing. The water is typically lost. Some is lost through respiration or the normal process of breathing. Some is utilized for metabolism, and then some is lost in either sweat or milk production. So the requirement for water does not necessarily change in the winter. It's the function of the horse changes in the winter. So if you have a performance horse and he was active during the summer and he is active during the winter, you you have an indoor place to ride him, his water requirements would come down slightly because he wouldn't sweat quite as much in the winter, but he'd still have a high water requirement. So the water requirement is based on what the horse is doing, not necessarily the season of the year. And then in terms of making sure that they're drinking enough, in the winter when we're seeing water troughs freeze or we're seeing water get very cold, when we're putting heaters into our troughs to keep it from freezing, is there an ideal temperature to keep that water at? Yes. The first temperature that, as you mentioned, you have to get over is you have to get over the freezing temperature. So keeping a water source open or non-frozen for horses is very critical. Relying on horses to eat snow to meet their water requirement is not functional and certainly not healthy for the horse. So the first temperature you've got to get over is that the 32 degrees or the temperature at which water will will actually begin to freeze. Then we find the best consumption water when water is between 40 and 50 degrees Fahrenheit will get the best consumption of that water. So it doesn't have to be bath water warm, certainly, but it has to be uh, between the 40 and 50 degree temperature range to get good consumption of water in the winter. And now I've read things about people making mashes uh, with hot water in their feed to make sure the horse is getting enough water and, and things like that. Are things like that necessary at certain times? Feeding a brand mash as a method to get water into a horse is largely a labor of love and fruitless. (laughs) And the reason being is an adult horse will require somewhere at maintenance, somewhere between five to seven gallons of water a day. And if you think about how much water you would put in a brand mash, even a very wet brand mash, you come nowhere close to that amount of water. So I think with a brand mash is it gives the owner a warm, fuzzy feeling, does very little for the horse. Okay, so when people are doing that, they might be doing that more for themselves, making themselves feel like they're really taking good care of their horse. But in the long run, it needs that large quantity of water at that right temperature. Absolutely. And, and you know, the amount of water that you could put in a, in a mash does not get close to their water requirements. And the other thing is the temperature of water. Well, I make the brand mash with a warm water. Well, do you make it at a temperature higher than the body temperature of a horse? So it's really, in essence, not warm water at all. It's sure. warm to the touch, but it's not warm to the body. 
Now, moving beyond water a little bit, what about parasites? Are external and internal parasites, are they still a concern for horses during the winter? Yes. Parasites obviously live in, in an environment once they're in the horse that they can absolutely thrive. So uh, keeping horses on an anthelmetic program or a worming, deworming program is very important. The other thing is if you worm a horse and they pass those parasites out in the winter, the, the survivability of those parasites certainly isn't as good in that harsh winter environment as it is in a summer environment. So they don't get constantly reinfected with parasites. So mm-hmm. winter's a great time to make sure your your horse is, is free of parasites. Yeah, that's great. So when you're scheduling your year and when you're going to do that, then take that into consideration. That might help you reduce the amount you have on your place. Absolutely. Well, let's take our last commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about mineral requirements, supplements, and, and things like that during the winter. Trekking to the mountains this fall and winter or got work to do in the cooler temps? D&B's got you covered with Cool Outdoor Apparel. Cool's cold weather gear was designed for life in the mountains, so it delivers peak performance and maximum movement without packing on the pounds. And Cool's soft and breathable fabrics wick away moisture, control odor, and protect you from the harsh elements. Cool Apparel, born in the mountains. Available at your favorite D&B supply. As the weather turns foul, it's time to tend to your flock. And that means taking care of your chicken's nutritional needs with NatureWise Feather Fixer. NatureWise Feather Fixer feeds your fowl the protein and energy they need to molt quicker and regrow feathers faster. It's also packed with trace minerals for stronger shells, pre- and probiotics that support digestion, and nutrients your chickens will miss when your grass isn't so green. NatureWise Feather Fixer Pelleted Poultry Feed. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Dr. Dern. Well, let's talk about mineral requirements for horses during the winter. So how, if this does change, how does this change when we go into the season? The mineral requirements that would change the most with season of of the horse are the minerals that we lump together called electrolytes. And those are minerals that are lost in sweat. So those would be like sodium and chloride, salt, potassium, magnesium. Those are some of the major electrolytes. Typically, the requirement for those decreases in the winter because the horse doesn't sweat as much. Do they still require salt? Do they still require potassium, magnesium? Absolutely, but the amount decreases some. The other minerals, calcium, phosphorus, copper, zinc, manganese, those requirements remain unchanged. So you go from a pasture feeding situation to a stored forage uh, hay feeding system, you need to make sure that your hay contains adequate amounts of those. Hay grown in this part of the country does not contain adequate selenium, does not contain adequate zinc or copper. So you have to maintain the supplement program for your horse, even during the winter months when he's not as active. You mentioned supplements, and there's a lot of supplements on the market you can purchase for your horses. Does the wintertime compel people to start adding supplements if they haven't been already or to change supplements? Typically, in the winter, I see more of the opposite effect. More people have a tendency to forget about supplementing. They're not riding the horse daily anymore or the horse isn't as active anymore, and they have a tendency to to let the bucket of supplement run out or or, or not buy a, another bag of fortified feed in the winter months because they 
you know, they're on to other activities. In the spring, they have a tendency then to reinvent those and begin to add those again. And it's much more beneficial and the, the requirements certainly don't go away that people maintain the feeding program with respect to vitamins and minerals and keep those actively in the diet. Now, I wanted to ask you about hoof health for the horse. Should there be anything in the feed ration, anything additional or introduced during wintertime to help their hooves survive the winter in as healthy of state as possible? Again, hoof structure is based somewhat on the nutrition of the horse, somewhat on the environment that the horse has to stand in or is, is housed in. But nutrition certainly is, is a big factor. The three big nutrients that they typically will supplement in a hoof supplement are the B vitamin biotin, the mineral zinc, and the amino acid or protein precursor methionine. And a hoof takes nine to 12 months to grow out. So eliminating a hoof supplement in the winter or just adding a hoof supplement in the winter, again, is, is fruitless. Those need to stay in the diet so the horse can maintain a, a quality hoof. Now, in fortified feeds, those are feeds that have vitamins and minerals added to them, a lot of those feeds will contain those three magic nutrients. So keeping your horse on a, a fortified feed or a supplement will certainly help maintain the quality of a hoof. And now you mentioned using the horse blanket for those senior horses earlier on to help them maintain that weight and get through those cold temperatures better. Are there any other situations where you recommend a blanket for a horse uh, during the wintertime? Well, first, the, there's a group of horses that don't need blankets under any circumstances. If you have one of those easy-keeping horses that has the tendency to be on the fat side, don't put a blanket on that horse. The decrease in temperature will increase the energy requirement and actually may help that horse lose weight. Okay, so that would be an advantage not to blanket those types of horses. Senior horses certainly would be a horse that, that could utilize a blanket. Horses that are actively being ridden, they'll often blanket those horses so they don't develop a thick hair coat. So when they sweat, they dry faster. So performance horses would be another group to blanket. Typically, the others, the maintenance horses, the mares, the growing horses, typically those horses aren't blanketed. And then again, if in Idaho or in Oregon, if you're going to blanket a horse in the winter, you absolutely need to make sure that it's a waterproof blanket. If that blanket gets wet and gathers moisture, that horse is actually being trying to keep warm with a wet blanket on it. That is very much defeats the purpose. So you need to make sure that it's a quality waterproof blanket. The other thing you need to do is stick your hand under the blanket and make sure that horse's skin is actually dry. Now, when it comes to horses that people primarily ride, trail riding, pleasure, that type of thing during the summer, spring, the fall, is there something that owners should be doing to ensure that horse is receiving exercise during wintertime? Or is it okay for them to just be out there consuming their feed and, and kind of going it their, on their own? In my consulting practice, what I always try to do is I try to keep horses active during the winter. We find that they will winter better and they'll be healthier. And so an easier method or an easy method to actually do that is to have 
the water, wherever the water for the horse is located, to feed the hay as far away from the water as possible. In other words, the horse has to travel to the hay and then travel back to the water. If we get into a situation uh, either in a stall or in a paddock where he can eat and take two steps to get water, those horses often don't get very good exercise in the winter. So if possible, try to, to feed the horse as far away from the water source as possible so that horse travels some. All right, great advice. Well, Dr. Duren, thank you so much for coming on again today. Again, just another great episode full of really, really good tips and suggestions for everybody listening to take care of their horses. Is there anything you'd like to add before we finish it up? Nope, I believe that will be fine. Just remember that we we need to manage the body condition uh, of those horses, not make them too fat or too thin. Those can absolutely be influenced by nutrition. And then also remember that just because a horse isn't maybe as active in the winter, that doesn't eliminate his need for vitamins and minerals that, that need to be put into the diet on a daily basis. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and providing us with all this great information. You're certainly welcome. Thank you all for joining us today. And here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.